Chapter Three, Part One of Limanora, The Island of Progress by Godfrey Swevin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Death, Part One. The accident drew the two together, strengthening their affinities into irrevocable bonds. And now that all was well with them, their sense of the joy of life welled through their whole nature. Those who came near felt its contagion. Yet there was one in their family who felt it only to smile at it. The aged Amiralno had seen so many centuries fleet past him that the passage of time with its triumphs had grown stale. He was battling with this nausea of life when the new age of discovery and invention had come upon them. And it so far renewed his energy that he was willing to live through it and take his share in the additional duties which it laid upon his generation. He had seen the infancy of the science over which he now presided pass into lusty youth and thence into manhood, and was he to cut his terrene boots before he had seen its greatest triumphs? Meteorology seemed about to take as wide regions of space within its scope as astronomy had. It seemed about to master secrets that would drive mere chance out of its calculations. The curiosity and wonder of youth were again stirred within him. He longed to advance with the new age into spheres that had so long lain under the horizon, only half-guessed at. Before he closed his eyes on Limanora, what wonders might not yet be revealed to them? His blood had tingled with the thought, and his organs were filled with the old energy. He would resume the direction of his science for many a year to come. But the intrusion of accident into his own sphere had palsied his renewed enthusiasms. For a time, whilst he was restoring Tamarna to her old self, and barring out the chance of accident again, he was not conscious of the check given to the vigor of his functions. But when all was well and the families of the Piramo were busy again at the expansion of meteorology, he knew that the old nausea had returned with redoubled force. The impetus of the new age was beginning to fail. Its pace had perceptibly slackened. Its best triumphs had been won and it needed the ignorance of eyes newly opened upon the green earth and the azure vault of sky to peer into the darkness with thrilling hope it needed the elasticity of youthful muscles and tissues to withstand the weariness and despair that come with the truer perspective of a gigantic future become a pygmy past what had he to do with human prospects when a thousand times he had seen them loom large on the horizon and then fade into commonplace when realized. Here had he outlasted a dozen generations of ordinary men, and shared the triumphs of a people whose progress compared with that of the rest of the earth was as lightning to the pace of a snail. And yet, when he looked at all they had done in these thousand years, it was as nothing in the shadow of what had yet to be done, a poor hand's breadth beside the voyage of light from a distant star where lay the advantage in extending life that had seen such humiliation before the everlasting future he might spend the thread of his life out for another thousand years without great effort but what would that do for his race or himself who had seen his past with all the achievements that had each seemed as it came within the range of possibility a marvel surpassing the human fade into a microscopic speck underneath the sumless stars 
the voices of his friends as they poured on consolation and eulogy passion and prayer into his ears sounded now like the undistinguishable hum of insects as sleep comes upon a man in the open what would they not have meant to him in the ambitious time of youth how strongly they rang out to him at the beginning of the last stage of enthusiasm when they drove out of him the love of going forever to sleep but now that the longing had come to him again they sounded idly as the exultant wail of gnats on the evening air the life of earth was withdrawn and distant for him and who would raise a word against his release he had done more than his fair share for the progress of the race he had watched the interests of his science and made it an essential of all advance he had braced his energies again and again to meet the requirements of a new age another march ahead into the night he had time after time molten the paramo into a new unity by the magnetism of his enthusiasm more than once he had extended the years of his life that he might serve his race and now he had skilled men and women under him who could do all that he had done and more the exceptional needs of the new time had found their attendance mechanic or human the strain it had put on the efforts of the race was unbent why should he linger in a world grown so stale to him a world that needed no longer his guidance or even his help there was one question to answer before the mind of the community was made up it was the final scientific question was his vitality great enough yet to bear the strain or the impulses of another new age to give it enthusiasm was the soul already too detached from the body to allow of the two being closely reunited for another great effort the question was one for their medical science and psychology to answer the sidralan or biometer abridged the task of the medical elders it reported a low pitch of vital energy too feeble to bear up through the labors and watches of another period but they were afraid to trust wholly to so newly invented an instrument and fell back upon their old elaborate methods of testing they investigated the state of every organ and tissue of the aged body with lavalands the heart and brain with especial care and it was clear from their state that the spirit could not long reside in them and function them with ease it was at this point that the oromo came in to aid them with their instruments for testing the bond between soul and body and for measuring the psychic power that still remained ready to use the brain and its instruments the senses the older methods and their newest apparatus the uran all agreed in confirming the conclusion that the medical elders had come to for amiralno himself there remained one serious question which had troubled the race from the time that mere faith had ceased to rule and pilot their creed and reason had been accepted as the only ultimate guide of life the final court of appeal in which all questions must be decided they could not trust to emotion or instinct for these were but hard-won creeds and habits of past imperfect ages grown unconscious of their origin by transmission from generation to generation authority out of the past tradition law of nature had the same taint upon them they were but the crude conclusions of comparatively primitive times 
with the logic leading to them veiled by oblivion then thrust upon later ages as inspiration all these dogmatic judges of the present and the future were but the shadows of their own worst and atavistic selves it was only an illusion a mirage in the desert of the past to trust these merely subjective impressions as reflections from the ultimate real the absolute a people like this was sure to abandon all such projections of their own dead selves as steps to higher than themselves every man had to settle for himself the problems that his science had been unable to solve and that he must find some solution of in death they had longed and striven for absolute certainty yet every new age had to fall back upon the individual consciousness and hope which were wholly on the side of belief in personal immortality they knew that the energy in them could never die whatever form it might take never had they found in the whole round of their investigations anything like absolute death or annihilation every change that they observed however far into infinity they had searched was but a transformation of energy and not its final evanishment matter was only a resting place a halfway house of energy and even matter was a comparative term depending on the sensuous point of view of the observer what was matter to one generation was found by a latter to be pure energy or even a mass of life what was matter to one sense was to another nothing but energy and the development of new senses that gave them full consciousness of some hitherto unrecognized type of energy saved them from the dogmatism about the future based upon the idea that all types of energy were known to them their wonderful instruments of research revealed to them worlds of energy which might have lain for ages undiscovered and swept out all stupid trust in the omniscience of the senses or in the instincts they refused to dogmatize about the existence or non-existence of any type of energy or being nay they preferred to accept provisionally the existence of any form that their imagination might sketch out as possible and as consistent with the laws they had found permeating all the known universe belief was for them hope waiting for realization every new discovery pointed more and more definitely to the greater persistence of the higher forms of energy what appeals to the more primitive and lower set of senses holds to even its inner form but for a comparatively brief time touch is the primary sense and all that it unaided by the other senses can discover is apt to keep changing in its form taste and smell are simple modifications of touch and they report of things in perpetual transformation hearing and sight are the highest of the first set of senses for they respond to types of energy that travel from vast distances hearing is the lower of the two because the lower senses are conscious unaided of the medium in which the energy travels sight has as her courier an energy which bridges infinity and its medium no lower sense can cognize light approaches nearer to indestructibility than anything the original senses know the last developed of the senses the firla takes cognizance of an energy magnetism which is farthest of all from the need of a material medium 
whilst the philamu or will telegraph brings soul to soul irrespective of all sense cognizable means of communication and proves the existence of a medium more refined than any that either the senses or the reason has yet to come to know this medium doubtless that of thought itself as the highest and least material must be least destructible least transformable least unstable in equilibrium of all known mediums their orans would soon be made delicate enough to measure the faintest presence of soul and would decide the point whether this medium evidently spread throughout the universe was of the same stuff as the soul still they were far from scientific proof of the eternal unity and individuality of the soul they had reasoned out in accordance with all the axioms of their science the indestructibility of energy and the rising untransformability of the higher types of energy they had also reasoned out as a certainty that mediums of energy had stability of equilibrium proportionate to the refinement of the energy travelling through them and that thus the soul was nearer to everlasting persistence as a unity than any medium they scientifically knew but that on its escape from the body it continued for ever as an individuality they could only assume they could not prove it they shrank from the idea that it was for ever past transformation for that meant the eternal continuance of the last stage of life it was indeed contrary to all the results of their scientific investigations to think that any type of energy or medium could at any time cease to change that is to improve or degenerate perpetual transformation was as far as they had been able to search the universal law it might be into a higher or more stable form or into a lower or more material form but onwards must every energy move the higher it went the less did it tend to fall back the law of eternal advance was sure in its action in the higher ranges of existence and the whole effort of the limanoran life was to purify and ennoble the energy that was in it for reasoning on the analogy of all the nature they knew they had little doubt that the platform they reached by the end of their terrene life was the platform from which their enfranchised energy or individuality whichever it was started on its new career whether it was mere unconscious energy or energy conscious of its own unity that escaped from the body when it was left to the disintegrant power of microscopic organisms was still a question the recent discoveries and investigation of the alomo or astrobiological families had revealed all space filled not merely with types of energy that were directed and did not guide themselves but with embodiments of energy which were clearly individualities not alone the poor microscopic attenuations of life that were waiting for a world to settle on but highly organized beings leading a vigorous self-dependent life in the vast regions of infinitude this much they knew from the filmy impressions which their air transcending lavalands brought down from the heights of heaven they scaled but whence those inhabitants of the ether came they had not yet been able to tell for their presence affected no existing human sense but only left on the irelium film certain visible impressions 
whether they were refugees from other stars or everlasting occupants of interstellar space and whether amongst them there were any of the emancipate from human trammels were questions they had not yet been able to answer but they hoped soon to have an instrument which would indicate the presence of personality as apart from vital energy and as apart from the thought and thought faculty then would they be able to tell in what state the enfranchised energy fled from the body at death amaralno knew not cared not whether he would retain consciousness of his past or would become but a part of the wandering energy of space what he did know was that he would be released from the burden of his body and the growing weariness that dragged it down certain he was that his flesh emancipated energy would find a career at least as noble as his past and he believed that its development would not end there whatever became of it whether it was to continue the unity it had been conscious of for so many years or to take another form and individuality was to him a matter of little concern one thing he knew and that was the growing imperfection of the body as an instrument of the energy that functioned it it weighted to the ground the soul the spirit the mind or whatever name he might give to the fiery stuff which kept it still aflame yet chafed it to be free as long as it held its energy in leash it would live and glow with thought nor was this fiery stuff mere vitality the mere principle of life though the two were yoked together it was different in quality from that which merely vegetated in the plant and that which did nothing but feed and evacuate in the mollusk nay it differed in inner character not merely from the mind of the savage but from that of their own highly civilized exiles limanoran advance had purified it of grosser desires and passions and made it a thing of ethereal longings and ideals even the body had been transformed into something more like what the soul of their far past had been subtle buoyant sublimated still it dragged the spirit down whenever the limits of corporeal life became too apparent many a long generation of the fiery self-disciplined work upon their constitutions would it take even this marvellous people to etherealize their bodies so far as to make them fit companions of their souls amerlano had not the vital energy to bear up against the conditions that harassed their still hybrid system he had no desire to stay and see how the slow evolution of a body that would pace with the soul through infinity better to have release and a new and untrammelled career even if the form he should take was unknown to him it was the nature of all energy to change and the higher in the scale it rose the nimbler it became but in order to rise it had to be yoked for a time with a lower form which it used as medium and leverage leaving it as soon as it had accomplished its due development all things tended to rise above themselves and it was the greatest of disasters the very reversal of nature if ever they should fall back as they often did what we call death was but the unyoking of a higher energy from a lower which it had temporarily made its comrade and medium it was no misfortune or degradation but a step higher enfranchisement 
the animate resisted this step because one member in the lifelong partnership refused to descend into a grosser transformation again in the human the nobler and thought energy the higher it strove to raise itself before the inevitable divorce from its lower medium and yoke fellow but when the time of severance approached it mastered the reluctance of the lower and yearned to be set free and little wonder that the lower resisted for back it had to fall in the cosmic order and begin again its slow progress upward from grade to grade first into the clutches of myriads of microscopic disintegrators of its tissues that would transform it into food for plant life and then by weary stages upwards through the vegetable and animal tissue perchance into the sustenance of thought again this people i soon found had overcome the ancient abhorrence of death for they identified their life and personality with the higher of their energies and not with the lower and bodily forms they shrank it is true from all that would lead to the divorce of the yoked energies of any animate being before its due time not so much because they thought this an evil for the victim as because the perpetration would implant in the doer a germ of retrogression to be cruel to shed blood was the beginning of degradation of the soul it was one of the acts that allowed the lower to take command of the higher in their system but for a limanoran himself to approach death became whenever he saw it to be inevitable the keenest joy in spite of the farewells it entailed he knew that thereafter should he make an effort to live he would only clog the wheels of progress he would only be a burden on the race instead of its helper amiralno never showed the slightest sign of shrinking from the dissolution of his life bonds he was sad to leave his lifelong mate with whom he had done so much for the race but he knew that she would soon follow him it was a matter of but a few days or months her thought energy would mingle and commune with his again freed from the material trammels that checked and dulled their intercourse in their terrene life upwards through the ether their souls would climb ever becoming purer and swifter in their flight but as i went about my duties my thoughts would break away to the coming death scene and sadness would cloud them i remembered the last farewells of my buried life and most of all the watch over the fading light in my mother's eyes nothing could burn out of my memory the bitterness of at last facing the inevitable slowly i had been led by the physician to realize that nothing could save her and still i hoped against hope checking my tears lest she should see them and conjecture my alarm only when the lips became silent and pale did i at last admit the thought that this was death how could i stifle my grief longer were we not all to each other this mother who had clung to me and nursed me through sorrows and misfortunes i her only child who had refused to leave her for the seductions of great place and fortune she was vanishing forever from me and nothing i could do would bring her back i was caught and crushed by the iron hand of fate and stood in stony silence paralyzed by my grief and my impotence there was too much of the man and the stoic in my young blood to cry out but if only i could give up my own life to bring hers back 
in one of her final waking dreams she prattled and wept over me as if i were a child again saved once more from the clutching breakers raising herself with a wild cry from her pillow she held me in her arms with fierce love only for a moment then the cords that bound her life break the memory had torn her heart there she lay all that i cared for on earth rigid uncaring if but i could have died with her there alas the life in me was too puissant to yield the nerves too rough to break the passion came on me to hurl myself into her grave as the clods fell it was but an insensate impulse i made no cry or sign till i got into the lonely chamber and there god alone knows how i survived my hurricane of grief and desolation nor could years ever root out the sorrow there in limanora with an abyss between me and my past and a noble new life around me i worked and wept the wound had opened afresh was i never to commune with that loving loved spirit again there was a touch on my hand and the magnetism of sympathy and consolation flowed through my system it was thyriel she had felt my deep grief though then at a great distance from me and without noise or speech she had come to my side so absorbed had i been in my past and my sorrow that i knew not her presence till her magnetic touch awakened me from my dream she had realized in a moment whither my thoughts had gone and reverenced the holy past then when the mood was growing despotic and paralyzing the soul she stepped into the startled silence i was myself again and swept the unmanly tears away yet i could not drive the sadness of farewell out of my system here was this sage who had so often counselled me and guided my faltering footsteps about to vanish forever from the scene of his triumphs oblivion would sweep his memory and his work into the abyss we would see him no more no more hear his grave wise sayings weighted with the experience of centuries all his gathered knowledge and skill would lapse our civilization would be the poorer up the steep of progress it would have to climb weaker for the absence of this strong arm this much exercised and full brain and heart these were the thoughts at the root of my sadness when i was startled out of them by my companion's voice she had waited in reverential silence as long as i lived my filial past over again but when i returned to my starting point and began spending fruitless regrets and pangs over that which neither demanded nor warranted them her thoughts broke out into loud protest she could no longer endure such futilities such waste of tissue and she met my wailing reflections one by one amiralno was glad to leave his chrysalis stage of existence the energy that was in him would find a freer scope a nobler sphere as soon as it had shed its earthly trammels his counsel and guidance would not be lost to progress all that he was and had would still be part of what he would become not one thought or faculty would be left behind and all would be spent not on the progress of a little island of a small terrestrial archipelago or its race but on that of the universe if not of the cosmos 
all of him that could still appeal to our lower senses would remain with us and would immortalize his memory as far as immortality would go upon this ephemeral orb as for his sympathy and love they were doubtless still with us or at least with what was in us was best and nearest the cosmic the only thing to regret was that we could not personally feel his presence in the universe but even this was not for idle regrets it was mere palsy if it did not stir us to still further mastery of our conditions were we not in the way to feel and know the escaped spirits of our dead had we not developed senses in us that were receivers of impulses from the infinite around us impulses that had been dormant through the uncounted past had we not instruments that told us of energies and beings unfelt even by our new developed senses and are we to grope in our prison house and wail over what we had lost and could no longer see were we to sit in the darkness and weep and wait hoping for the light such feeble conclusions from the past such futile regrets over the dead limanoran progress could not endure there were new masteries for every generation before many years could pass they would get into touch with the spirits and energies that had fled it might be by means of new instruments it might be by new senses nothing but our own dullness broke the connection between our energies and theirs what we had still to win was consciousness if not mastery of that finer type of matter which they now used as medium for their energy it was only the lifting of another of the myriad veils that hung before our senses dulling their perceptions this was no more than what they had done a thousand times already a death was a stimulus to joy and new effort it taught us the limits of our knowledge and our power and limits known were limits soon to be overpassed her bright activity and banter surprised me into laughter at my own folly and obtuseness scarcely had i reached this consummation before i knew that there was gladness in the air of the island how could i have failed to notice the jubilant strains that were fitfully wafted across my hearing unless through my dull absorption in my own feelings i felt thankful to thyriel that i had been drawn out of my isolation which seemed to me now little less than disloyalty to the race that had done so much for me i wondered what could be the occasion of all this exultation that i was conscious of peon after peon rose from every part of the island and as the moments passed the many-sounding music seemed to gather towards one centre the radius lessened and adjacent masses of melody fused together nearer and nearer they came ever more coalescing and lessening in number then the jubilance melted into grave and massive harmony and i recognized some of the world music i had heard from the cosmophone the sense of the universe's creating and dissolving sprang into my mind it was the diapason of creation that was ringing through the island loud then low the cosmic symphony swept the atmosphere like a tempest i knew that some far-reaching event or movement was occurring amongst this people i turned to my comrade to confirm and define my conjectures but she was gone away on the horizon i could see the rapid beat of her wings 
I followed as swiftly as I could, and as I rose in the air, I saw company after company soaring like convoys of birds towards a high isolated plateau that stretched far up Limaroma and beetled cliff-like over the sea. I had often used it as a flight platform whence I could spring into the air, and had long known it by the name of Dumalona. I had never thought over the meaning of the word, but now it flashed upon me that it meant the hill of farewells. Thence messengers who were embarking on difficult and more important expeditions set out. The elders of the people and the families of the couriers came here to give them their love and pension, in order to make them feel, as they journeyed, that the sympathy of their home went with them like the fire from the hearth. I had observed that in these farewells this simple-hearted people made little outward sign of the depth of their emotions. Only the magnetic lookout of the eyes would have told a stranger what benignity lay underneath. Nor was it merely to show how sympathetic they were that they thus accompanied their foreign couriers to the outskirts of the island. It was chiefly to give them each his contribution of magnetism, to lessen their burden on their far journey, to make them feel how much the spirit of the community went with them. Not one of them would ever allow himself to indulge in so idle an evidence of emotion as tears. There was in this people a vein of stoicism. I thought, they seemed to repress all mere symbols of feeling. A European would have called their farewells dull and emotionless, if not stony-hearted. There was no kissing or embracing, there was not even the shaking of hands or bowing of heads. Without physical contact their spirits could work upon each other with a power that in other civilizations would have been called witchcraft. Through their furlas, through their eyes, rayed forth a keen soul-stirring magnetism, and each assisted the other in preventing the approach of the old wasteful manifestations of sorrow or despondency. Lamentation was a thing of the far, almost prehistoric past a sob or sigh or even complaint they knew too well from their physiological knowledge to be mere emotional extravagance a waste of energy or the tissue all of which was needed for the strenuous endeavour towards a higher plane so it was that they seemed to me stoical in positions where the men and women i had known in my youth would burst into weeping and wailing or cries and gestures of affection but in these scenes of farewell there was needed little energy of repression the real struggle had occurred many generations before in their history they had at once had a most elaborate symbolism not merely of feelings but of almost every human thought and spiritual attitude but when the great national repentance was leading to the series of exilings that ultimately purified the race they became uneasy about this vast system of symbolism. It covered their whole existence from birth to death, from toothache to the salvation of the soul, and seemed to be nature her very self. They had long known it to be the nesting place of all hypocrisies and untruth. Under its shelter mean things and falsity and even grossness and cruelty could flourish fearless of harm everything could masquerade in the guise of anything else it pleased of course there were painful revelations and scandals at times but they were soon hushed up 
the system was too much the interest of all who had power or reputation or prosperity the best of what was then life to let it get into disrepute or into risk of revolution or reform there were various professions which were deeply involved in the retention of it and they were recruited chiefly from the highest social classes the lawyers battened on the ambiguity of the symbols whether expressed in word or deed the doctors would have lost half their hysterical and hypochondriac patients if it had been abolished without it the life and pretensions of the military during the time of peace would have been a farce and a mockery and the occupation of the priests would have vanished altogether ceremony seemed the very life-blood of an aristocratic state and especially of its army and its church it kept the mere workers and plotters at a respectful distance it fenced off criticism and supplied topics for the tongue of fame to abolish ceremony would have been to strike at the heart of all existing institutions End of chapter 3 part 1